This is Pat Solver with The Dr. Ways In, and we're going to talk about how to crack the code of medical procedure pricing. Uh, I don't know about you, but um, I talk to a lot of people who end up being totally shocked when they see the bills uh, for procedures that they've had, and and they were totally unexpected. Uh, So the good news today is that although everybody's talking about the importance of transparency in our largely opaque uh, healthcare non-system. Today we're going to talk to somebody who's actually doing something about it. Our guest today is Jeannie Pinder, who's the founder and CEO of a very interesting company called Clear Health Costs. And she's a journalist who trained in entrepreneurial journalism, and I'm sure there's a story there about what entrepreneurial journalism is, at the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism. And she spent about 12 years in various editorial capacities at the New York Times. Um, So welcome, Jeannie. Thank you for having me, Pat. It's great to be here. Great. Well, let's just dive right in. Um, Why don't we start out by having you tell us exactly what is Clear Health Costs? What are you guys up to? Great. So we're a journalism startup in New York City. We're bringing transparency to the healthcare marketplace by telling people what stuff costs. I'm bringing to bear the tools that I uh, developed over a lifetime as a journalist, including 25 years at the New York Times, to reveal these mysteries that you referred to about healthcare pricing. How we do that is we do use the tools of journalism. We also partner with news organizations and others to reveal healthcare prices. We're easing people's uncertainty about costs and also changing the nature of the conversation about healthcare. So, Jeannie, how do you how do you get the costs? I mean, are you tapping into big databases? Are people sending you copies of their bills? How do you actually get the numbers? So, so all of the above and more. Um, our first and best tools are shoe leather journalism, the skills of of journalists asking questions, finding out information, and revealing secrets. Uh, among the things we do, we call healthcare providers and ask them their cash or self pay prices for common shoppable procedures. Is this we like also, you have secret secret shoppers that are doing it, or do you say, hey, I'm a journalist and I'm trying to figure this out? Oh, no, we never lie about who we are. Journalists don't do that. We um, <clears throat> explain that we're uh, part of a new independent consumer healthcare research organization, that we're collecting cash or self-pay prices. When we first started out doing this in 2011, it was something like collecting the nuclear codes because it was that hard to find people who would tell you a cash or self-pay price. But now it's a lot easier. We also do uh, data reporting. We do sort of curation of databases. Um, There are some databases that we really don't care that much about, like the Medicare charge rates we don't care that much about. But what Medicare actually pays for a procedure in a given locale is pretty much the closest thing to a fixed or benchmark price in the marketplace. So we we like that data. And And you can get that. That's now open data from CMS? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we we taught our software how to make that calculation for each one of the 8,400 CPT codes and each one of the 90 various geographical divisions that CMS uses. And then... As you mentioned, we do ask people to tell us what they were charged, what insurance paid, what they paid, and how they feel about it. 
for uh, different How are you getting the word out to consumers? Because I know, I think the last time we talked was because one of my friends had one of those outrageous bills and and he agreed to send it on to you. But how are you spreading the word that um, if this is happening to you, there there is something you can do about it? There are people who care about the fact that this is happening and you can shine some light on it? Right. So um, we have a home site which has fairly robust traffic, but our biggest source of traffic is our partnerships with big media organizations. So um, our original um, idea to do this reporting on our home site became the basis of this partnership model where we first joined hands in a pilot program with WNYC Public Radio here in New York City. Um, We went on the air and asked women to tell us what they were charged and what they paid for their mammograms. When we did this back in 2013, people laughed at us. They said, nobody's going to go on the air and talk about their mammograms. People aren't going to put this public information online. Well, we were up for about three weeks, and we had 400 women come and tell us the prices of their mammograms. Wow. So, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> so we went on ahead and developed that into a fairly robust line of business with a number of partners, including KPCC Public Radio in Los Angeles, KQED Public Radio in San Francisco was our prototype project funded by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation. Uh, And then we've also partnered with WLRN Public Radio in Miami, WUSF in Tampa, St. Petersburg, WHYY in um, Philadelphia, MedPage Today, uh, which is a provider of um, news, opinion, and free CME continuing medical education for a community of 670,000 providers. And our most recent really exciting partnership launched about three weeks ago in New Orleans with Fox 8 Live, the television station down there, and NOLA.com, the Times-Picayune, their newspaper and um, digital products. And we're really excited about that. So tell us how that works. Why don't we use the uh, the New Orleans example um, so you can tell us what what actually is the partnership and how have you been able to leverage that to expand the number of people that you reach in the and and, and I'm assuming it also results in a huge influx of new data. Yeah, exactly. So um, what we do is we build an interactive software tool that we place on our partners' websites that allows you to contribute prices and search prices. So um, when we do that, we customize this to our partners. Um, so it's you know, New Orleans Price Check is the name of it. And we, we build a database by conducting that survey of providers, collecting cash or self-pay prices to pre-populate the database. So it's essentially two sides of the screen. On the left-hand side of the screen, the software device allows you to contribute prices, and on the right-hand side, you can search. So you come over to our partners' web pages, and you can either search if you're looking for an MRI or an IUD or an ultrasound. And if you have a bill that you'd like to tell us about, we make it really easy for you to contribute your information by asking you who's the provider, who's the payer, who is your insurance company? What was the date of the procedure? What was charged? What did insurance pay? What did you pay? How did you feel about it? Give us your impressions. Like, is there any detail that you need to tell us about it? 
Um, give us your email if you want to. Also your phone number because we're journalists. We might want to reach back to you, um, ask you for more detail, ask you to go on the air with us. Um, and we have added a function now where you can upload your EOB so that we have corroborating material and that we can instantly um, report really quickly on some of the really startling things that happen in the healthcare marketplace. <laughs> then, uh, and then I, after I, that, tell us about some after, of these startling things that you've seen. Right. Okay, so what we do with that, one of our journalism products is this this tool where you can search and share. We also use that to make great journalism. So we write stories, we go on the air, we talk about things, um, and we make great community engagement for our partners with their communities. So what happens, for example, is that people come in with these egregious things, like a woman showed up with um, $2,200 worth of bills for treatment for a case of pink eye. Um, We had, exactly. Uh, Just for the the listeners to know, Pink eye is is a virus and it's actually self limited. So even if you go to see your provider and they end up giving you an antibiotic, it it really isn't doing anything. It's the tincture of time that cures your pink eye. Right. Um, we also had a veteran come in who was charged four thousand dollars a piece for two separate MRIs under the Veterans Choice program. The VA down there wasn't able to serve him, so he went via Veterans Choice which is how veterans are able to get service if the VA can't serve them. And in in the community, then, from community doctors. Right, right, right. So he was then served up with two $4,000 bills, a total of $8,000 for these MRIs, which, by the way, you can buy in New Orleans pretty easily for $450. Um, I, I could go on. I mean, it just it never ceases to astound me, the things that come in from our community members. We will say things like, this is outrageous. I'm really passionate about this. Thank you so much for helping. This was white coat extortion. It was one of the recent ones that came in. People wow. are so upset, Pat. People are so upset. And you know what's, what's so bothersome is that we're, we are escalating um, the approach of consumerism in healthcare. Like somehow uh, if we all knew what things cost, which of course is what your project is about because we don't really know what things cost, that we're going to make different, different decisions. And um, it's, it's, a, it's appalling that we have to apply, you know, this kind of an approach in order to rein in um, these these costs that are just taking people down, just making it impossible for them to get the care that they need. So my question to you, uh, Jeannie, is I, I love the idea that you're shining a light on, on, on this, but um, have you seen any concrete changes because of the work you do? Have there been any healthcare organizations that said, oh, you're right, this is outrageous, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change this, and I'm going to start pricing in a more reasonable way. Are you moving the needle? So it's interesting you should ask that. Um, we see uh, direct effects of our work pretty much every day when we speak to patients, consumers, or as we like to call them, people, saying things like, thank you, your website is amazing, I am so glad you're doing this. Please don't stop what you're doing. You're helping people every day. Or things like, my daughter will need this MRI again next year, and with what I learned from you, I'll shop around and maybe just pay cash. We saved $1,205 using your information. 
So that's on the individual level. <clears throat> we hear from people who either after the fact or looking in advance to price a, a product or a, a procedure. We've also heard from uh, institutions that are saying things like, you know what, we actually used to keep this a secret, but we don't anymore. I'll give you an example. In New Orleans, when we were conducting our pricing survey of hospitals, there were several hospitals that declined to give us a price list of cash prices. <clears throat> so after we launched, we went back to them and said, you know, we're really interested in hearing about your pricing policies because some hospitals did give us prices and some didn't. So we just want to wander around in there for a while and write about that so that we can understand it ourselves and explain it to our communities. Oh, what happened was that six hospitals came back to us with price lists. Now that's interesting because they were going to be the ones that uh, refused to respond in your story. Well, well, yeah. So, you know, we and we see things like that every day. It's not like you're seeing maybe this sort of massive institutional change towards transparency um, on the part of every single provider institution in this great wide land of ours, but we're seeing a lot of change. Um, and I think it's because providers and insurers know that transparency is coming. It's coming like a freight train. Whether they want it or not, it's coming. Well, uh, you know, we've been I've been in healthcare consulting for a long time, and we started talking about transparency, I don't know, uh, this was when I worked for the large purchasers. This was probably 15 years ago. So the freight train has been taking a long time to get out of the station, but I'm glad that it's starting to pick up steam. Well, Virginia, we're here to like help, Pat. Yeah, we're here to help. And we want to help you spread the word. Um, so it sounds like this is pretty labor-intensive, that you you know you have, you have to make these phone calls and you have to go back to people and you have to write stories and you have to create partnerships. How many people work for uh, healthcare costs, and how are you how are you paying for this? What is, what is the business structure of of your organization? Not for profit, for profit. Um, do you have investors? Are you getting funding from right. foundations? How does all this come together? Right. Uh, so I guess I'll try to take that series of questions sort of in order. I think you would probably say there are seven people working here. But more than that, <clears throat> we have this multiplier factor of our amazing partners who are out there doing great journalism in Miami, San Francisco, in New Orleans, so that you know we have this force multiplier in that regard. Um, how are we funded? Um, actually, right after I left the New York Times in a buyout, um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So as you mentioned, I joined the CUNY Graduate School of Journalism Entrepreneurial Journalism Program. And almost a year to the day after I left the Times building, I won a Shark Tank type pitch contest in front wow, of a jury of New York <laughs> in front of a jury of New York City venture capitalists and internet illuminati who gave me 20,000 bucks on the strength of the idea that I could build this business telling people what stuff costs in healthcare that was the first of four grants that I received we also have a little bit of angel funding some very devoted and beloved angel funders uh we are a for profit um, and we're bootstrapping right now. We are not venture funded, but um, we're bootstrapping. 
how we make money to run the enterprise. Our partners uh, pay us to customize software, conduct the pricing survey, and then to help them make great journalism out of the data. This also results for them in amazing community engagement. We have had hundreds of people in New Orleans come in the door in the last three weeks and say to us, I have this story I need to tell you. I'm so glad you're doing this. Wow, that's fantastic. So so it's your partners who are actually your paying customers, so to speak, even though your um, your real customers are are the people that you're trying to serve. Do I do I have that right? Right, yeah. As people will tell you, um, <clears throat> consumers or in, people just don't want to pay for information on the Internet. And uh, we'd actually thought about various business models that include things like um, subscription to our information or um, what uh, is commonly referred to in Internet parlance as lead gen, where if we match, match up a provider and a patient and take money out of the middle, that that's a business model. We rejected that business model. We don't like that business model because we think that taints our information. So we, yes, our media partners and soon-to-be other non-media partners who like the quality of our, our information are willing to pay for us to supply it to individuals, our, um, the people who pay the rent. Are you able to talk about the non-media partners? What, what kind of organizations no. No, not no, yet. Yeah, right now. Right now but <laughs> okay, well, which breaks my, my heart, Kat, because I'm, a, I'm a transparency person. It breaks my heart, but I can't talk about it right now. Sorry. Okay, but you, but you'll let us know as soon as you can. So yes. I thought before I um, wrap up by asking you a question about pharmacy benefits managers that I, I just have to get it uh, on the table. I was wondering if you could give us just a few more of these uh, outrageous examples of of billing practices that you've seen. Oh, I, I almost even wouldn't know where to start. We, well, we had somebody come in the door the other day who had $4,000 in change for a cardio stress test. Uh, we had, um, let's see, somebody who's billed like $2,700 for a sleep study. And what's striking about these things is that these billed prices, in some cases, does not do not affect the individual, but in an increasing number of cases, if you have a high deductible plan, you are being asked to pay the charge master price or the build price. And um, this is something that for a lot of families, it's ruinous to have $2,700 come out of your pocket. So, um, yeah, I, I could go on and on. We're going to be doing some great news coverage out of New Orleans um, in the next few weeks and months, and um, we have lots of stories to tell down there. Well, the unfortunate thing is there are way too many stories to, to tell in healthcare. So I know you focus on medical procedure pricing, but I, I just have to uh, bring up this issue of pharmacy benefits managers who are really the middlemen between the drug companies mm -hmm. and the health plans. And I don't know if you had this, if you've seen it, but Stat just published a really good story on <clears throat> drug company rebates. Um, so what happens is the drug companies um, sell their drugs to the PBMs, and then the PBMs manage those drugs for the health plans and the employers. And there's a thing called rebate. So if, <clears throat> if I'm a drug company and I have a $1,000 drug, 
I give it, to, I sell it to the PBM for a thousand dollars, but then I rebate, you know, maybe five hundred dollars of it. But everybody downstream doesn't know what the size of the rebate was or what the drug really cost the PBM. So the PBM can uh, go ahead and, and, and charge the employer a larger amount of money. And the really awful thing is that the um, beneficiary, the person who needs the drug, who's now being asked to pay not just a copay like $50 or $100 or $200, but a percentage of the price, it's called coinsurance, and the coinsurance actually is based on that list price that nobody really paid. Um, so what I wanted to know from you is, is this an area that you have worked on in the past or an area that you might work on in the future? Because it's clearly an issue that needs um, to be, uh, that needs some, some clarity. It needs some transparency. Right. Yeah, we've done some work on uh, prescription pricing. Um, we don't focus on. We focus more of our attention on procedure pricing because, as you know, there are a number of uh, pharmacy pricing organizations out there. I will say that um, our partner, one of our partners in New Orleans, Lee Zurich at uh, Fox 8 Live, just won an investigative reporters and editors um, prize, a gold medal for an investigation that he conducted last year about how individuals in their coinsurance are often asked to pay more than they would pay if they were buying medication for cash. And yeah, so having, there you go. Yeah. So having done this series of reports on that, um, he not only won this gold medal from investigative reporters and editors, it's an amazing series, uh, but he also, um, this information was the genesis of, I believe, 11 lawsuits nationwide um, citing racketeering statutes, the RICO statutes that are used to put the mafia in jail. Right. So it's interesting that um, this kind of investigative reporting is able to really change the nature of the conversation in addition to saving people money. Every time you get a prescription, you should ask, how much is this going to cost me? How much would it cost on cash? Same thing with procedures, too, by the way. How much is this going to cost? How much is it going to cost me? How much would it cost cash? And um, so by saving people money that way and also generating racketeering lawsuits to attempt to stop this practice on a more global level, that's what journalists love. We love this. It makes us really happy. Well, I, I think what we've all learned in, in, in the last six months, if we didn't know it before, and I'm not sure people did know it before, is exactly what you said, that investigative journalism's, journalism is really what is keeping people honest and, um, and helping us to sort out between fake news, which a lot of times is actually covert advertising or um, stories that are being told for the benefit of people that we, that we don't clearly see. And since you and I both just came back from the Association of Healthcare Journalists meeting, I just want to take a minute to, to plug the power of, um, of investigative journalists and to thank you, Jeannie, for the work yeah. that you're doing because it's yeah. totally amazing and, um, and it is going to make a difference. And I think we'll close by just having you tell people how they can get to your site. Oh, yeah, just give thanks. us the URL and how they can reach yeah. you. Yeah, come on over to Clear Health Costs. Dot com, 
And then up in the upper, you can search prices. There's a search box on the side, and there we have a blog. And in the upper right-hand corner, it says Share Your Prices. You click on that, and you can share prices into our database. If you happen to be in New Orleans, you want to go to fox8live.com slash health or nola.com slash health. Uh, and um, join in the join in our investigation. Join hands with us to build a community created guide to health costs and to right some of these wrongs because that's what we're here for. Well, that's great, and I'm going to let that be the last word. Thank you very much, Jeannie. Thank you. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> 